If you're a mamapreneur looking to grow your business in powerful new ways with the support of a mastermind and a business coach, I invite you to check out A Players. Being with women who are doing the same work, who are on the same journey, people who have done what I aspire to do. And I've never been more clear on the direction of my business. A Players is a 90-day group coaching program for mama entrepreneurs looking to get to the next level in their business. This is an opportunity to step into the spotlight and earn the visibility and the progress that you deserve. It is for game changers and action takers who are looking for the strategy, peer support and accountability so they can achieve amazing milestones in their business. Making the investment in yourself is like literally opening a door to the next level of yourself. It isn't until we really take that step and invest in ourselves that we are able to grow. In just 90 days, you'll achieve some of your biggest, boldest goals, all alongside some of our incredible mamas who'll be working on exactly the same things. I feel so well-grounded, at least in that VIP experience. And I'm also not feeling like I need to go off the rails and continue to offer other options now because this is nailing it. This is one of the most supportive and results-driven programs of its kind, and we want you to be a part of it. A-Players is a very special program, and it's only open for enrollment a few times a year. So if you want to take your business to the next level, this is your chance to make the leap. To find out more and book your enrollment call, visit mamasandco.com slash coaching. Hi, I'm Leanne Kim, and this is the Business of Thinking Big the podcast where we talk all things business mindset, strategy, and hustle. So if you're looking to grow your revenue, serve more dream clients, and create amazing new possibilities, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Stay tuned. Hey there, and welcome to an episode, another episode of the Business of Thinking Big. As always, I'm your host, Leanne Kim, and I am so excited for you to meet our guest today. She is a branding strategist, business coach, and published author. Please welcome Amber Lillystrom. Hi, Amber. Thank you, Leanne. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you. I'm feeling a little nervous actually today. Oh my gosh, you're so cute. I'm so excited to dive in and just all of the magic and connections that are happening for us right now. It's so fun. Totally. And we have so much in common. But before we dive into all that, why don't you start by telling everyone a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So, well, I'm a mama, first and foremost, and a wife. I live in New Hampshire, so also another cold climate here in the States. And I work with just amazing heart-centered women who are here to make a big impact and who have a vision for their life that they've likely had for a really long time. And they probably haven't told too many people about it because they felt a little bit sheepish about it, maybe a little bit embarrassed about it. And they are just slowly building it right in the background of their life and birthing it into being in bigger ways. And they're stepping into their momentum and creating movements. And it's just, it's magical to witness And uh, my favorite part is, 
getting to just hold up a mirror of possibility for them and to help them craft, you know, that business and that brand that has the capacity to change the course of history for them. Oh, it's so exciting. And I feel like this is just such a brilliant moment in history where I don't know about you, but I am seeing more and more women say to hell with what society expects to hell with this, you know, nine to five. I want to do something that's just mine. That's something that's unique and special. I I just feel like there's a real shift happening right now. Mm, I do too. And I think there's never been a time where the world was more set up for that to happen. And so ride the wave sisters, grab your boards. Let's go. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, I first learned about you through, of course, our dear friend, Leah Pickard. And since the time that she's been working with you, I have just seen her blossom and explode in all these interesting ways. So I'm curious to know a little bit more about how you got started as a coach. How did you get started in this work? Well, I love Leah so much. So I just give her a little shout out. She's such a rock star. I just adore her. How did I get started as a coach? You know, I think it goes way, way back. You know, I was an athlete in college and I worked summer camps, you know, and I was coaching. I worked as a substitute teacher in college as well on breaks. And so mentorship and teaching and supporting others on their journey has always been a way for me. I was the captain of my college soccer team, and then I worked in collegiate athletics for a decade in marketing and branding, and I mentored students. I also taught at the university as well. And so I think, you know, just that that teacher role has always been me in a nutshell. And so when it came time for me to make the transition after my daughter was born, I had a, a pretty intense near-death experience, and all these things just shook me awake to the reality that there was more I wanted to be doing. I needed wide open spaces to do it. I needed my own canvas to paint. And I left my corporate career after 10 years of being there and and hitting some pretty major milestones in that career to start my business from scratch. You know, this, the, you know, the deal, Leanne, zero followers, zero dollars, you know, (laughs) the first seven subscribers, I always joke about, it was like me four times, my mom, my husband, and my best friend, and I'm sending my little MailChimp out and, you know, and I, and I built it from there. And I think the thing about coaching that's amazing is, you know, you become better at it, the more that you do it. And the more that you allow yourself to be coached too. So I've always had a mentor and a coach. I was obviously, as I said, an athlete my whole life. I've always had great coaches on my path. I've always been coached and mentored and taught along the way and still actively am. And so I think that all of those things combined and the actual practical application of the coaching have been the real ways in which I've immersed into these waters. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Okay, so I knew some of that, but I did not know. So you and I were both competitive athletes. I was a competitive cheerleader, which Amazing. some people may roll their eyes, but if you know competitive cheer at the university level, it is the real deal. Amazing. Well, I'll just tell you this as an administrator in collegiate athletics, my team was the cheerleading team. So I traveled to nationals with the team every year. I was obsessed with the music. I learned, I was the one, the administrator, this is abnormal, but I I'm such a competitive person anyway, in athletics and all this, I was in the stands, like writing the, the touchouts and texting the, the coach backstage being like, don't worry about it. They touched out, they dropped their third pyramid. So I know a lot about cheerleading Leanne. Wow. That is amazing. I think you know more than I do because when I, when I was cheering, it was up here in Canada and it was a little bit different, but I was just telling my husband funnily enough, back in the day, speaking of the music back in the day, do you remember before they had these professional companies that make all these mixes, we would be mixing our own music. So I was the coach and the captain and I was on the team. (laughs) 
all those things. So isn't that so funny? And I, I feel the same way. I feel like when you're used to being coach, when you're an athlete or, you know, you're used to asking for help in the form of mentors, then it is only natural that you would step into that role at some point in your life too. And I think that's, that's what happened to me. I, I was always teaching. I was, I, I would find any excuse to like grab a woman who, if she said she needed help in the tiniest way, I'd be like, let's go to lunch. Come on, yes. we'll talk all, we'll get it all out there. I just, I literally couldn't resist. And then finally came, same as you, you know, it was about after about 15 years, give or take in, in a corporate space and it was time to move on. And so one of the things that I know you and I are both really passionate about is this idea of women and their money or mm moolah, as my kiddos like to call it these days. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so tell me, you know, what are you seeing as those major issues when it comes to the money stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think just like when we were maybe a little bit younger, we treat money the way that we did our body weight or our body image. We, it's like, I call it the, the, the shell game, right? Where we have, whether it's my weight today, my body today, or it's my bank account today. And I think this is entrepreneurial women really struggle with this. And then also then it's my motherhood, you know, and it's like, we switch these things around and you can put whatever you want under the shell, but the issue isn't necessarily what's under the shell. It's the trigger that makes you play the game. And the reality is in different seasons of life, different things are going to be there. It's going to be sort of like the coping mechanism. And what does that really mean? Well, ultimately it's that we are using money to equate to our personal worth. And I'm here to tell you that there is nothing on this planet that will ever equate to the value of your worth. It is completely immeasurable. And you were born completely worthy. And, and for all of the moms that are here, I'll just give you a quick little exercise. Tell me how much your child is worth and how much money you would pay for your child. Like, tell me what price tag you have for your kid. Oh my God. There, I mean, you can't even name it. Exactly. So, so why are you doing that to yourself? That's so good, Amber. That's so good. I never thought of it like that. Right. And so we have to break that. We have to break that pattern by, by doing that exercise and doing it in different ways too. But remembering also worthiness is the, the least helpful metric that there possibly could be. So the definition of worthiness is deserving of merit or recognition. Okay. What? According to whom? <laughs> right. And, and so to me, I just go, let's just get rid of worthiness altogether. Let's just take that one completely off the menu and let's focus on contribution. Let's focus on receiving generously. Let's focus on reciprocity and understanding that when we give, we also at the same time are receiving, except a lot of us are not able to do that well. That's an area for growth and expansion. And the reality is this, is that money is just the exchange system that we happen to have in our modern world. We use money to value what we're purchasing, right? So if you go to Target and you buy your tie-dye sweatsuit, you have to give the machine or the person money in order to get that little sweatsuit that you value so much, especially in 2021, right? Working from home, I'm going to wear all the tie-dye sweatsuits that I can and be comfortable <laughs> and cozy. <laughs> and so that's highly valuable to me because I value being comfortable. I will happily give my money to Target to have that, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't, do you notice that there's no judgment there? There's no resistance there. There's no, there's no hitch there, right? Like, yeah, I want to be comfortable. Why would that be weird? But then we go to invest in ourselves to work with a coach or to invest in a program to elevate ourselves, to elevate our knowledge base, to make ourselves smarter, essentially, right? More expanded, more, more abundant. 
and we get all bajickety about it. And so my invitation is, and, and I wrote it in my book, Master Your Money Mind, is to bring you on a journey to really look at, you know, what are the, what are the stories I have about money? There's a, there's a chapter about your money memory lane and going back down the path and looking at the stories about money that were written and then perpetuated. So a couple common themes might be mom and dad, you know, you're out on a weekend drive and then you see a, a fancy car drive by and then you hear dad go, must be nice or must cost a lot of money to put gas in that thing. What a dumb idea, right? Or you hear some sort of story or some sort of shade that is thrown in the general direction of the person in said fancy car. And mm-hmm. immediately as a kid in the back seat, you're thinking, I really like that car. I guess that's a bad idea to have a fancy car. Oh yeah, that's going to cost a lot of money to get the gas. And that means that here, here it is. Dad is always stressed out about having to go to work. And then he's never home because he's always working. And then mom is always mad because dad's never home. And there's a synesthesia that gets created about money and about work and about family and about love and about quality time and about happiness. And it's a big old ball of stress. And then we wonder why when we launch our businesses, we're like, I'm just, I don't even, I, uh, I charging setting my price. I don't know because we're in the back seat again, thinking about that greedy guy in the car next to us driving his fancy car. So true. So true. And if it's not that version of it, it's, it's another version, right? There's another version of it. And you, and we all have it. And it's like, I can give you one other example, just like little things that we don't even notice. I remember recent, not that recently, like a couple of years ago, going and buying berries in wintertime. And looking at the price tag and being like, oh, wow, they're like $5 for a little container of strawberries, right? And thinking, man, that's like really expensive. And remembering growing up that my mom would never buy berries out of season because they were so expensive. Yet I wanted to eat berries and I'm very happy to spend my money on the berries out of season. And especially I want them organic on top of it. So, whoa, high roller. And I just had this moment. I stopped in the grocery store and went, wait a minute. Words have meaning. And when we say something's expensive, that means it's not a value to us. Because the reality is if something is a value, if something is a priority, we're going to find a way to do it. We're going to find a way. You find a way to pay for your kid's school. You find a way to pay for those ballet lessons or for that riding helmet that they need. You find a way to pay for the propane bill. You always find a way. And so it's about changing the way that we talk about the expenditures of our life. The blessings already received, my friend Kate Northrup calls our bills. And changing also the story, right? Reiterating the story. But it takes some time. It takes a little bit of neuroplasticity. It takes some doing some reps. It takes some looking back in the rearview mirror. And I invite you to make it fun. So those of you listening to this podcast, I'm going to just ask you to journal a little bit later on about what are some of those stories that they're actually quite laughable when you really think about it. Like if I want to go buy some berries in February, I can't, I I mean, why not? But I didn't, right. I didn't for a lot of years because of this, that I didn't even realize. And it wasn't even my story, but I was making it mine or tax season being stressful. Doesn't have to be that way. We know this as business owners. If you just prepare and you save the money you need to pay for your taxes, there doesn't need to be any stress. Mm. And so where do these stories originate from and how can we transform them and stop making money out to be the bad guy? Because money's awesome. 
Money is what helps us to have incredible experiences. So here's your other homework. I want you to journal about some incredible experiences. Like, let's just say like top three to five experiences that money has provided for you. That has money was the the pathway to help that happen, right? Going to a, a trip with your family, having an amazing meal, gifting something to someone. What are those experiences? There's also a beautiful side to money and we have to make sure we balance the scale so we can see the end both. Oh, I love, love, love that. And I am all about the experience. Quick, funny story though. When you talk about the berries, I'm giggling. You can probably see I'm trying to hold in my giggles because just last night, my husband made this amazing meal. He is a, he, he comes from, he's Korean. So food is a big part of his culture. He loves to cook. Sunday nights are our thing. So he made this beautiful meal of scallops and mushrooms and seasoned vegetables. And he bought the grass fed butter. And as we're sitting down to enjoy it, he was kept talking about how expensive this, this tiny square of grass fed butter was. And yeah, and yet he's enjoying every bite. He's like, Oh, it's so delicious. Don't you love it? And I said, I think we should, I mean, cause I I'm lactose intolerant. I don't eat a lot of dairy, but I, I do enjoy my butter. I said, I think we should just buy it all the time. Don't you? Cause it is more delicious. And he was like, but it's so expensive. I usually just look for the cheapest butter. And I was like, okay, that makes no sense to me because for example, your whiskey, which he really enjoys. I said, do you go to the LCBO, the liquor store and look for the cheapest whiskey? Of course not. You look for the one that you enjoy the most. So he has no problem doing it with one thing. Yes. And, and another indulgent is too indulgent. So funny to me. So I'm so glad we're yes. having this conversation today. And we have so many patterns that we don't even notice it. Right. I mean, just this morning I went and got my car washed and it was this big debacle where it like, it didn't work. And so I called, I'm like, something's wrong with the car wash. This is super weird. And it was very, very like inconvenient experience, but I ultimately got to help. And so I was going, okay, universe. I, yeah, I was helping that guy out. Cool. And then I had to buy the car wash again. But I remember having this moment of being like, you're going to give me a refund. Right. And I was like, kind of being like, like a little out of character, like 12, who cares? It's $12. It's not a big deal. Even if they mess up and they don't, but I, I felt myself get this kind of grip of like, I don't want to buy it again out of principle. And I just went, man, where's this from? Hey, hey girl, abundant universe, relax. And guess what? New client signed up this morning, released, right? It's like, be in the flow, relax about money. And for a lot of us, this conversation is going to be super triggering. And I'm so happy about that because this is the, the flashing red sign to say to you, this is a, this is a huge area for growth for you. This is an opportunity for you. And that's very, very exciting because imagine, let's just all imagine together. If we stopped the madness with being always stressed out about money, how differently we would show up in our lives how we would show up differently in our businesses and our relationships, how differently our lives would be designed. And here's the thing. Money doesn't have to change. We do. Ooh, that's good. Tell me more. So we are the ones who get to decide, I'm not going to live the equation that I was raised with, that the whole world revolved around this evil money thing. I'm going to transform my relationship with it. And I'm going to build a future identity that's different. I'm going to live into the abundance of what I'm here to share. I'm going to allow myself to receive. This is the, this is the place actually where I see most women getting hitched up. So how many of us listening to this right now have a, had a relationship growing up or some, somewhere along our path where when we were 
receiving when someone had to give something to us, we felt as if we were being a burden. Oh my gosh. I mean, do you have a minute? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All the hands go up. Right. And so when we can connect the dots to understand that asking mom to pay for soccer practice or asking dad to get me something at the store and watching him actually like in physical pain, reach his wallet and pull it out. It looked like he was like, had a, like some sort of colossal injury of pain, like oh, lifting this thing out of his pocket. Right. I don't want to experience that sensation again. I have a connection that somebody paying for something that has to do with me causes them pain. Therefore, I'm going to do everything I can to not have that happen because I don't want to be a burden. And so what then happens is we pinch off the hose for receiving. It's like two unrelated things, yet we're not allowing ourselves. We're disallowing receiving. And I bet you see this, Leanne, even when women pay for themselves in coaching programs, how often do you see them not actually show up for what they paid for? not actually receive the full spectrum of support that they said they wanted. And then they turn around and say, I'm not really seeing the value here. (laughs) That happens too. That happens too. I don't see it that often, but I'll tell you when I did see it more was when my prices used to be lower. Mm. It's amazing to me how when you charge what you're worth, people show up in a very different way, energetically, they feel like they're all in and they feel like, you know what, like, I think a lot of my women right now are like, I have to make the most of this, you know, in my, my case, it's a three month program, three month investment. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we kicked it our, off our three months last Friday, every single one of the 14 women were on the call and I can guarantee they will be at every call because yeah. had they not paid for it, had it been gifted to them, probably not. Or if I said, you know what? I can see you're struggling. Let me give you 50% off, which we all do. Let's face it. We all do those pity discounts from time to time. Or, you know, it comes from that place of, well, I I better give them a discount because what if someone else doesn't sign up and then I'll have one less spot. So I've I've definitely felt that. But yeah. yeah, And so you dropping the standard at which the transformation or the, the details surrounding the transformational experience, right. That you've cultivated and created, and this is something universal. So I'm saying you in this instance, but it's really, many of us have done this in our own ways, creates a different orientation to that transformation. And so it sounds like the container was super sound and you didn't waver on the value. And you also understood and were clean and clear with the investment model that you were sharing with them for the transformation that they said that they wanted. Right. So you were, you were sound with that. Whereas in the past, maybe not as much because you're elevating this frequency within yourself. And so this is where, where the work really lives, right? When we make what we're earning mean something about our worth, we're going to struggle over and over and over and over and over again, because there actually is no dollar value that you can ever assign to your worth, period, full stop. There's no dollar value. It's the dollar value that they perceive connects to the transformation that they desire. Does that make sense? And mm-hmm. so for, for us as coaches and as teachers and as people who are providing products and services, our work is to demonstrate the transformational capacity to talk about what's included, what's inside, to really paint the picture of the container that is going to facilitate and help them move in the direction of where it is that they actually want to go. And to hold steadfast in the knowingness of that, because we both know when we've made investments in ourselves from a place that's completely energetically aligned, 
no matter what that price tag is actually, to be honest. And oftentimes it is higher because we feel a higher level of commitment at a higher price point. We just, it's just the way it works. Mm -hmm. We get the results. And so this is good. This is an important part of the conversation, but I'm going to ask those who are listening. If you are feeling like you're stuck in that, you're discounting, you're, you're, you know, shaving off a hundred dollars here, $500 there, and you're not feeling good energetically about that. You keep devaluing, devaluing, devaluing the value of the experience that you're creating for somebody. I want to ask you where in your life are you not allowing yourself to receive? Because I guarantee you there's a correlation there and we've got to shore that up in order to actually create a different reality. That is so good. And I am totally thinking about this conversation we had last Friday in this group where a lot of the women came with questions around customizing a package, which is just code for discounting, right? Let's face it. If somebody says, I don't want to go all in on that, beautiful, big VIP package that you've designed, but could you customize? It's basically like saying, could you make something cheaper for me? So a lot of those women had questions around this and out came the quote, when you customize, you downgrade your worth, right? When you customize, you're downgrading what you bring to the table because you feel like, well, I've got to make something special for them. I see that whole idea around shaving off or as you put it, you know, I see that a lot, unfortunately. And I I think we have to end this. We have to hold firm to what we believe is the best possible way to deliver results and then only do that thing and charge. Yeah. And and it's okay if someone is not a fit for your product, your service, you're offering. But I think the bigger conversation here, we're having this, it's, it's really expanding beyond the, the polarity of, of scarcity and lack and abundance and prosperity. And asking yourself, you know, where, and it's a sliding scale. So I think that's really important to note, right? It's not an absolute. And I think we all, I just did it this morning. I was down over here with the $12 car wash, you know, and and your husband was doing it with the, with the butter. And so we can, we can move up and down the scale at different iterations in relationship to different subjects. But I think if the goal is I want to really be in a vibration of abundance and prosperity, it's noting, okay, what does that actually look like for me? What are, what are some habits? What are some behaviors? What are some practices? What are ways that I speak to myself? What are, what are the things that I do that help me feel abundant? And I think it's really powerful to put little triggers in your day to remind you. So like buying roses for me is one of those things. Like having fresh flowers reminds me of abundance. I have a lot of other things. I mean, for you, it's now, now you get to let the butter be the reminder of that, right? Like my, my car makes me think every time I sit down in it, I mean, it like heats the steering wheel. It gives you a massage. It's like heat coming out everywhere. And I'm just like, I love this car because it makes me so comfortable. And I remember that actually was hard for me to receive that at first. I had a little story going about, oh, what are people going to think I'm driving this car? And what I was able to really reconcile through was you're allowed to receive this. You are allowed to feel happy and supported and comfortable when you're driving your car. You know, it's like period. There doesn't need to be any sort of conditions to it. And so I invite us all to look at what are those little anchor points in your day that can remind you of abundance to to kind of pull you back to that energetic of abundance. If you feel like you're kind of sometimes going into that scarcity lane and in our businesses, again, an abundance mentality is saying they will find the right coach for them, no matter what. 
And my job is just to show them what's on my menu and to offer it up and to allow them to be a sovereign being to make the choice for themselves about what's going to be the best fit for their journey. Oh, I love this. This is so great. You've offered so many of these little micro practices for our people to put into place. Do you have any final, I mean, you've given so much already, so please don't, don't let me, first of all, actually, before we go any further, I need to know what kind of car you drive now. Oh, I just a Mercedes, you know, it's just an SUV, but I just, again, I remember I told you the story at the beginning, the mom and dad about the fancy cars and why would you even need that? And there was a little of that in my family for a minute. And I'm just over here going, it's just a car guys, you know, it's just a car, but it just so happens to be one that has this heated steering wheel, gives a heated massage and has a heated seat. And for, I'm just, a, am always cold. And so it is the most joy producing thing for me to be warm and also to be up high in an SUV so I can see. And so like these little <laughs> things, they're big things. And I just want to say to you, like, let yourself be comfortable literally like, what do you need to feel good? I also like a good target tie dye sweatsuit these days. That makes me feel comfortable (laughs) and good. So I just think let's release judgment. Let's peel Mm -hmm. that back. It's not necessary. And let's let ourselves enjoy. That's one of my favorite words in the whole world. Enjoy in my book uh, with my dear friend, Adrian Peters, we wrote this quantum wealth book. And one of the words is enjoy. And the question we ask on the page is what is your enjoyment plan? Oh, that's great. Isn't I love that a fun that. question to journal about. What's your enjoyment plan? <gasps> I love no one's ever asked me that before. I think that is especially great for us to ponder right now because I know a lot of my women feel like we don't have permission to feel joy. We've been so down in the trenches this past year. The idea of dreaming you know, spoiling ourselves. It just feels so just off the table right now. So such a great reminder. And actually I have to show you this. One of my favorite words too. Yeah. I just keep a reminder every day. Like, why am I doing this? I'm doing this for, I just held up my little note card that says joy. That's like my daily reminder, but uh, Amber, I could talk to you about this for hours and I won't only because this is the precursor to the big show, April 23rd, Business Bootcamp. Amber is going to be coming talking about developing your money mindset, mastering your money mind. Yep. I'm so excited. And our VIPs are going to get a copy of Amber's book in the VIP swag box. Yeah. So you got to make sure you get that VIP ticket. Amber, this has been phenomenal. Where can people find out more about you? Thank you, Leanne. It's been so fun. They can head on over to amberlilliestrom.com and check out all the stuff we've got going over there. And then I love Instagram so much. So at Amber Lilliestrom on the gram, I also have a podcast called the Amber Lilliestrom show. So I can't wait to connect with you all and see you at the boot camp and to take this conversation to the next level. Thank you, Leanne, for having me. This was really, really powerful. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for listening to the business of thinking big. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. We would love it if you could leave us a review on iTunes, which will help more people like you find the show. And of course, you can learn more at leannekim.com. 